Welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast, our first college football preview as Michigan and Michigan State both kick off this weekend. The Spartans at noon, the Wolverines under the lights against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And Jeremy File is with us. And Jeremy, let's start in Ann Arbor. U of M, uh, new quarterback, Joe Milton, is going to be under center for the Wolverines. And uh, they're going against Minnesota, who you're really high on this year. Uh, You know, what are your initial thoughts regarding this game? Uh, I think the initial thoughts, the first thought, of course, comes down to Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman. I mean, I think those two players are are game-changing players. And even though considering Michigan is much more talented all across the board, uh, Minnesota has some familiarity there, a quarterback and a star receiver who was just fantastic last year. So uh, it's a big physical team. They are very young on defense. P.J. Fleck mentioned that yesterday in his presser um, or Zoom meeting, I should say. Uh, it's 2020. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a really good team. It's a good culture, too. I think the culture in Minnesota is, is the reason why they're so good. And we've seen P.J. Fleck do this before at Western Michigan. So I think it's going to be a really tough first game. I think when you have a returning quarterback, there's a little bit of things in your favor. Talent-wise, there's no reason Michigan should lose this game. But, again, right. uh, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, and, I mean, you talked about Rashad Bateman. You know, Rashad Bateman was second in the Big Ten in receiving yards last year. Num- number one, Tyler Johnson, who was also playing at Minnesota. Yeah, right. You know, th- this is a – and obviously Tanner Morgan led the conference in passing. He was second in efficiency. So not only are you getting, you know, the volume, but you're not getting the turnovers either. And I think that that's the big thing you really got to look at when you look at this Minnesota team is – you know, they can throw the ball. And, uh, you know, if receivers are just going to be, you know, coming out of there the way that they are, you got to remember, P.J. Fleck might have some big influence in regards to uh, receivers because Corey Davis played at Western Michigan and he was just a stud. And, Prior to that, they were recruiting Jaden Reed, who was a freshman All-American, who ended up transferring to Michigan State. Like, P.J. Fleck has got something going on with wide receivers. Whatever is in that wide receiver room, I want some of that because he is killing it. Well, P.J. Fleck was a wide receiver in college. So, you know, and he was uh, had an opportunity to be in the NFL, I believe, with the 49ers. So that there's, there's that situation where you have a head coach who played a position, and his position's uh, his players that play the position at that school are actually good. I hmm. wonder why that doesn't happen in Michigan. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, this is where – this is the thing I want to say today because this is my uh, final final thing with Harbaugh, and, and I don't care it's COVID. You know, I, I just seen an interesting thing today, and it, it basically said the list of teams that should be the best teams because of the four stars and five stars and the talent. If we, if we, mm-hmm. if we looked at just talent – it's a no-brainer who the best three teams are in this conference. It's Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. And it's not even yep. close. It's not even no. close. Minnesota has nine four-stars. That's it. They don't have any five-star, and they have nine four-stars. And, and it's incredible to me when you're Michigan, you know, because people want to always do this excuse, well, Ohio State's just – they've recruited better. Michigan's recruited outstandingly. 
mm-hmm. mean, they haven't recruited at that level, Ohio State, but there's no reason why you should lose to anybody else. And that is 100% on the khaki man because yeah. he has not been able to do a good enough job developing. I think these new pieces on defense are going to make a difference. I, I think this is something we haven't talked about yet. But I just am at my wit's end with Jim Harbaugh because this shouldn't even be a game, Tyler. <laughs> this should not be a game. We're talking about two players on Minnesota, and that could be the difference. That's amazing to me. It just is. Yeah, and I mean, the, I the, I think there's another one that uh, people are under undervaluing, and we'll get to that in a second. But when I mean, when you look at it, this is going to be the first quarterback that Jim Harbaugh actually recruited to play for U of M. Yeah. That's, that just boggles my mind that he's been there for five years. And this is going to be the first quarterback that he has recruited to start. And it, it just, maybe that is what was ultimately missing, you know, because I think our biggest dig on Harbaugh was the lack of development because you talked about the recruiting. He gets all the players, but you're not seeing the results of a team that consistently recruits in the top 10 top 15 finishing there you know at the end of the year and when they do finish up there you sit there and you look at the schedule and it's like okay well yeah they should have beat them they should have beat them they should have beat them they had about three games on their schedule that could win either way or they were underdogs in oh they lost all three that's that's kind of been the mo if it's three games if it's two games if it's one game you know that's what michigan has been that's ultimately what they've been since brady hoke's been there and yeah. I think that, the, the, you know, this is a big game. Obviously, it's for the little brown jug. Um, but it's big in regards that this could be one of those games that Jim Harbaugh needs to get that monkey off his back. You know, he needs to be a top team. You're really high on them. Uh, we're not 100% sure what the Gophers defense is like. We know what Michigan's offense is going to be like. They're going to try to operate speed and space. They don't have that big downfield threat, but this could be kind of a Kansas City-ish situation, not to compare, you know, Michigan football to, you know, the Super Bowl champions. But Joe Milton has a big arm, and they have a lot of track stars now without a lot of height. Think McCole Hardman and Tyree Kill. Like, that's what Michigan's going to have to be able to do is they're going to need to outrun people at this point because we know Don Brown, as aggressive as he is, that ultimately results in big plays. That results in big plays for guys like Bateman at Minnesota, and that's going to result in a couple of those losses that I was just talking about. When when you look at the team all the way around and you see the schedule – it's very easy for us to to think Michigan could be really good still. That that's the scary part. The scary part, you know, I, I dissected this a lot the last week, Tyler. So, you know, I was pretty low on Michigan season. I said five and three. I just didn't think they I thought some of the other teams were better. When you look at the roster that Michigan has, there's it's, it's a bad pick for me if you look at just the roster. The problem is when you look at Jim Harbaugh and you look at how predictable they are and you look at him always losing three games every year, um, it, it's hard for us to pick against that. 
it's going to come down to one thing this year, and, and it's going to come down to just how good Joe Milton is. I've said it a lot, but it's just true because I don't think you'll see anything different on defense. You will see a couple changes because of the defensive coaching staff they have, which I think it's better now, but I think they lost too many players. I think when you lose uh, Metellus, who's been around forever, you lose Kalik Hudson, you lose LaBert Hill, you know, you lose some really good players there. You know, you lose Josh Uche, your, your rush end. They're going to miss those guys a lot. You know, Glasgow was great last year. They're going to miss those guys. And, so I think it's going to come down to how good Joe Milton is. Tyler, they're loaded on offense, man. You got four running backs. You have two tight ends who are really good. You have four receivers, you know, really three for sure really good receivers. And they might even have four or five receivers if you think of how good will A.J. Henning step in. And they also like another freshman. But they really like Cornelius Johnson, who is height. He's 6'3". So they're loaded with talent. How good is Joe Milton going to be? And yes, of course, will the offensive line just move in and do well? So uh, they're, they're loaded, though. I mean, it's, it's it's ridiculous that people think they're not any good sometimes. They're loaded every year. Yeah, they're, they're every packed at the year. skill position. Uh, another name uh, that you did not mention was Ambry Thomas. And, you know, yeah. the combination of him and LeVert Hill being out when you're playing that combination of Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman, it's just, it's scary to think about. But... Well, Vincent Gray is going to do a good job on him. Yeah. I mean, they mentioned that. I think Vincent Gray is actually just as good or better than Avery Thomas in some ways. I think Daxton Hill's got to have a huge year. I mean, that's, you know, if we just talked about defense, they'll be okay, yeah. but they're just not going to be great. And you have to be great to beat <laughs> but, Ohio but State. But can that aggressive, you know, man-to-man style that Don Brown likes to play, you know, <laughs> is that, like, is that something that you can run or does he need, I mean, look, you and I have both been in the same boat where, he needs to start altering a couple of things, you know, no major changes because you're getting the talent to run that type of stuff, to run that man-to-man type stuff. But he needs to start changing things up a little bit more, and he needs to do it at an accelerated pace now because he hasn't put that stuff in for years. The thing that changes, obviously, you get two different defensive guys in that will help him. Number one, that's the thing. Number two, Don Brown did change some things last year. They had bracket coverage. They talked about it a lot. They had a lot of different zone coverages. I don't think that's the thing that's going to hurt them. What they need to do is they need to get after the quarterback. And when you lose Josh Uche, uh, you know, that's a huge problem. I don't think, you know, when you look at their front four, it's really, really solid. They got some good pieces there. But you don't look at a guy just and say, you know, great rusher, just gets to the quarterback at will. You know, they're going to have to send Cameron McGrone. They're going to have to send Michael Barrett, who I think Michael Barrett's going to be better than Clay Hudson. I really do. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, he's faster than Hudson was, so he can cover. Cameron McGrone is a burner, uh, and I think he is he's sideline to sideline like Devin Bush. He's just not as strong. But they got to get to the quarterback, Tyler. I mean, you cannot sit back. And, you know, they were press coverage and blitzing everyone or, or getting to the quarterback, right? And you're still getting burned. Well, <laughs> if you change that, you're going to have to get there with four or five guys, and I just don't see that. So a lot of question marks, but no, I think they're going to change a lot. I don't think they're going to press cover as much. They didn't as much last year. Um, I think Vincent Gray will be matched up on Bateman. We already know that. They've already said it. Uh, Josh Ross mentioned it on the Zoom call, so that was hilarious. Uh, nothing like showing your cards. <laughs> um, but that's the only corner they really have that would be able to, so. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the defense plays against that offense. You know, I think Michigan offense should score a will. Yeah. Minnesota's super inexperienced, but we'll see. First game. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we talked about that uh, receiver connection uh, with Bateman and Morgan. Um, 
But, you know, Minnesota's a run-heavy team. Still. I mean, yeah. Morgan can lead the league in passing. Minnesota likes to run the ball. And they've always liked, you know, two running backs from as far back mm-hmm. as the early 2000s. You go back and you look at, you know, the top 10 rushers in Minnesota history. You know, uh, all of their seasons, like, kind of overlap. It's not something where yeah. one guy took over for, you know, just his junior and senior season. You know, this is something where you go back, you look at Marion Barber and Lawrence Maroney and how good those guys were together. Then you add panics to it and just how, it, oh. yeah, th- this team loves having that two-back set. They lost both running backs. They lost both yeah. running Rodney Smith and uh, Shannon Brooks, 2-12, and 12, respectively, on Minnesota's all-time rushing list. And yeah. they lost both of those guys. Um, like I said, they do like to go two backs. Uh, they have one coming in who's pretty good, though, and uh, Muhammad Abraham. Yeah. He's averaging like over five and a half yards a carry, 20, 24th all-time on Minnesota's all-time rushing list. You know, like I was talking about, they love to run the ball. 24th all-time, he's only played 21 games. This kid is a stud and someone that Michigan definitely needs to be accounted for. And I think that's part of the reason why Morgan's so effective is because you have to watch out for it. Yeah, Minnesota's losing 6,500 yards, about 6,500 yards between their two running backs throughout their careers. Mm -hmm. And you look at it and it's like, well, you can't forget. They still have talent there. And so you can't just focus on Bateman. No, there's no question. I mean, I, I think Ibrahim, you know, Ibrahim, Ibrahim, how you say it, I think it's Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be fantastic. He's very quick, um, very quick runner, um, hits the hole hard, and Tanner Morgan can run. So, you know, there's some read option there you have to worry about. I think Michael Barrett, again, you're going to hear me say his name a lot this year, I think, as long as everything goes well with COVID testing, injuries. Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> I think Michael, you know, I mean, it's just where yeah. we are. I mean, we have to yeah. talk about it. We just don't know who we're going to have every weekend. Uh, Michael Barrett is going to be a great player. He was a former running back, very fast. They're super high on him. He's returned kickoffs. This guy can burn. And, you know, when you're a running back and you, you know, you move to defense, the first thing we think is what? He's probably mm-hmm. fast. So he's really fast. It's been a problem in coverage. Cleek Hudson, I loved him. He was great, but he was not a good cover guy. He got in trouble all the time at coverage. Case point last year against Penn State on the tight end. He gets burned twice. Um, but Josh Metellus was great with the run. Could not cover deep. Uh, Daxton Hill's better than him at that. Uh, Brad uh, Hawkins is better than Metellus at that. You know, they're missing some strong guys, but they have better speed. Um, the big thing Don Brown was always saying last year, we're super fast. I'm like, that's a <laughs> lie. I think we're strong. And what happened was we couldn't stop the run. So I think this year, um, I-, I like the front four. I like the speed with Barrett. I think that eliminates the read option a little bit. I think Josh Ross is a big, you know, comeback for him and, and us. Um, I think Cameron McGrone is a stud. And, and I think that you're going to see some some uh, young kids coming in. So, you know, I I think they mentioned a kid. It's been coming out of nowhere. Tyler, I don't know if you've heard. It's, I didn't know who the kid was. I'll be even first to admit it. I think his name's Khalil Mullen. Uh, they are super high on him. I think that's how you say his name. I may be wrong. Um, I couldn't look it up today. He's a freshman linebacker. They're super high on. So I don't know uh, what the deal is there. Um, I guess that's something to look into. 
but I think we kind of know who yeah. Michigan's main guys are. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be interesting. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll get to our pick, um, you know, at the end of the show. But you, you get the appetizer to that main event in Big Ten football land, and that is Michigan mm-hmm. State at noon against Rutgers. Now, even though Michigan State has kind of turned mediocre over the past couple of years, right now, and Rutgers is just, you know, just a bottomless pit of suck. Like, like I, 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 I don't know. dog food, yeah, they're terrible. It. But both dog teams, food. yeah, um, they're kind of similar right now. You have new coaches. You have new coaches with NFL experience, rather, with limited time in the college mm-hmm. level. You have two teams where nobody knows who the quarterbacks are going to be. And it's like they're riding this like parallel train track. And that's something that, you know, you don't ever want to hear your team associated with when you're talking about Rutgers. Is they, they just seem yes. to be on the same path. Now, both teams obviously have in it. Both teams have a dual threat quarterback who's expected to start. Michigan State's probably going to start Rocky Lombardi. Obviously, uh, you know, you know my feelings towards that. Unless he made a massive jump, this is going to be a disaster. And then you look yeah. at what Rutgers is doing. Rutgers is starting their eighth quarterback since 2015. It's been a revolving door. We don't know who it's. We don't know who <laughs> it's going to be yet. We have no idea who it's going to be. But you know, you do need to oh. watch out. I believe it's Noah Vedral, who is a graduate transfer from Nebraska. Um, gives them that uh, yeah. mobility back there at quarterback as well. Look, this, you know, say what you want. You know, I said I said Michigan State was mediocre, and you and I we went over their schedule earlier, and we both thought that they would actually do pretty well, maybe about as well as Michigan, just because of the way the schedule lines up. But yeah, this is going to be an ugly, ugly football game because Rutgers sucks, and neither coach knows what the other guy plans is planning right now. Mm. No, there's nothing exciting about it. I, I, I was that a question. <laughs> I, I, you know, like here's the deal. Like I'm sitting here. This is the hardest part with Rutgers. This will be the one team that I struggle with um, all year because it's just so hard for me to watch them. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they have even. I mean, they have a running back. I, I can't pronounce his name. I think it's Pashiao or you know something that has been pretty known to be a uh, dual threat, meaning he catches out of the backfield a lot. Uh, yes. I don't know if he is he back, yeah. Tyler. I mean, have you looked these guys up? Uh, yeah. So Pascal or whatever, you know, he he's a guy you have to look out for. The the, the quarterback before I think was a Stickowski or whatever. You know, I thought he was the starter. Um, now they had talked about the graduate transfer. So look, the only thing I could say that will be different about Rutgers is the coach. The coach has a lot of energy, has passion for that university. So I do think the culture is better. I think they'll play harder. I think they'll have a little more of an edge to them. I think you'll see a different football team than you've seen the last few years. I just don't think they're any good talent-wise. So I, I think you'll see a team that, that hits harder, runs faster. There'll be a little more excitement. I, I think this team, this is a mm-hmm. big game for Rutgers. I mean, this is a big first game. This is a game where 
you could upset a team and you can really get some confidence. And uh, they have a Michigan transfer in Onowu or Onowu, however the heck you say his name. All these guys' names are so hard to pronounce. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there, there's not much to really look at with them. But I'll tell you what, in a COVID year, new coach, they're excited. They they want to beat Michigan State. They've had a player already say something mm-hmm. about that, Michigan That player, State. Uh, Carnell Davis, um, was an incoming yeah. freshman. Not even on Rutgers' depth chart. Yeah. M- Mich- Michigan State dumped yeah. into New Jersey a little bit in regards to recruiting. And uh, he took it personally. And he said that he – that Rutgers will not lose to Michigan State the four years that he's at the university. And so it's weird that that's where you decide to throw your stone. I know that Michigan State has been playing Rutgers at the end of every year, at the end of every other year, rather, switching with Maryland, which, you know, we've talked about yeah. it, how the Big Ten did it this year. That should be the last game for everybody every year. Doesn't matter. But, um, Mm-hmm. You know, with Michigan State playing Penn State, you know, obviously Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, those types yeah. of things. And so those, I think those need to stick, but I don't know why Rutgers is taking it so personally against Michigan State. I don't know if it's because Michigan State's the only school in the Big Ten to not lose to Rutgers in football or basketball. I don't know why that's where he decided to throw his first start. Well, I think, you know, honestly – for a guy like Greg Schiano, who has so much energy and, and positivity and excitement behind this program, I mean, you're always looking for something to and motivate your program, right? So I think that this kid said something only personally, but I guarantee you in that locker room, you know, that Schiano and stuff is saying, you know, you know, we can beat this team. We can beat this program. And this will be a great first step to beat a program that had been pretty good in the last few years, uh, has some history behind it. I mean, of course they're going to say those things. So I, I think that's all Rutgers has. I don't think they have anything else that could beat them. Uh, the only thing they also have is if Michigan State lays an egg. I mean, Michigan State has to play terrible. Rocky Lombardi bad at couldn't have that evolved they have to turn at the all. Over. Yeah. It, it, it's, one, it's one of those situations. Right. That plus, I mean, you look at this game, I, I think this might be the most stressful game of Mel Tucker's career, and I say that until next week, obviously, where he gets Michigan for the first time. But... Yeah. You cannot lose this game. If you lose this game, your first game as a college football – if your first game as a college football coach was against uh, Miami this year and you go out and you get curb stomped, whatever. Yeah. Who who cares? If it's against UAB and you do whatever to, yeah. to them and beat them, well, I think Mark D'Antonio beat them like 55 to 16 or something. By the way, great day. Also the day that Michigan lost to Appalachian yeah. State. You know, if you do those types of things – you're fine. Yeah. If you go out and you lose to this Rutgers team, the sky is falling in East Lansing already. And that's not – yeah, it, it's week one yeah, of week your one. first yeah. year. And that's not something that I don't think anybody in East Lansing, including Mel Tucker, is prepared to handle. Um, so – You waited all year for this. That's the first thing that people – We've waited, waited all year since for Antonio I mean, retired. What you're going to get. I, to go out there and lose to Rutgers, that's not going to fly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you imagine the Michigan fans they'll be happy I won't be because look you know I'm a little different than those jackasses sorry my language but you know I, I just the thing about this game that just stinks is the fact that they get Michigan the week after I think that's going to hurt Michigan State I, I think it's you know Michigan gets to go out there and play against a, a couple 
really good players and a couple pieces that, you know, they're, they're playing against a program that has a lot of confidence. You know, they just won a bowl game against an SEC team. They're excited. You know, they got P.J. Fleck, who's excited every morning. So, you know, this is a game where you have to be ready if you're Michigan. This is a game that Michigan State doesn't even have to be ready and can still win. Uh, I think that's the hard part for this game for Michigan State and Mel Tucker because then you got to go around the next week and play against a team who has a lot of talent. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I – I mean, if, if we're ready to do a prediction, I'm ready. But, you know, yeah. I, I think Give it's me pretty a, obvious who I think Well, we'll, we'll start with Michigan. Okay. Uh, give me one key, one thing that they absolutely have to do to get that win. And then give me a prediction. And you know what? We're going to do the predictions with the spreads, too. Um, you know, because I'm absolutely sure. killing it over on the Flipside Sports Podcast with our cover three. You know, I'm well over 60% right now. So we're, we're going to give you an opportunity to make some money on yeah. this as well. So right now the line is Michigan minus two. So what's your one key mm-hmm. for Michigan winning? And then who you got? Um, I think the key is as much as I want to say Joe Milton, I think it's going to come down to, you know, uh, pass defense, getting off the field on third down. Um, you know, I think they will stop the run. I think Minnesota will try to run. So I think the, the key is going to be defense. Can we stop the pass? Can we limit them to under 200 yards passing or maybe even under 225 would probably be a safer bet. Um, if they can do that, I think they win very easily. If they don't, I think we're going to be in for a nightmare night. And, and I just don't see them stopping the pass. I, I think they're still so thin at corner. Um, I think they got a lot of issues there. But I do think that's the key for sure. If they do that, we'll be all right. If we don't, yeah, and, <laughs> big uh, trouble. So, who you got? Uh, I, I'm going to stay. You know, I'm going against the spread, and I think, you know, I think Minnesota wins, too. I, I think I have zero faith in Jim Harbaugh. I, I just – he's not been able to perform on the road, even though there's no fans. This, this is a perfect year for Harbaugh. You know, sadly to say, COVID's great for him because you go on the road with no fans, Jimmy. He might be able to win. But I have no faith in him. I, I'm ready for him to go. That's my next stance. I really don't even care how the season goes. I think this guy – is not the future of this program. Uh, I think he's done well, but if you want to take the next step, it's not going to work. So uh, I think they lose. I think it's standard Michigan football. They're not ready to play. They don't, they don't, they don't come out playing very well. Um, and I think they're down early. I think they're down 10 points the first half or a touchdown. And I think that they're going to end up losing by, uh, by four. Um, you know, they come back, they play great in the second half. Don Brown figures it out finally. It's the same old song and dance at U of M. I yeah, don't I've been going back for it. On this, I think you know, the lose. one thing that I, I think they need to force third and longs. Um, you know, Minnesota wants to pass the ball. They're very capable runners as well. Um, you need to yeah. force them into third and longs, make them, you know, so you know that know when they're passing, know when they're running, know when they're, re, you know, read options aren't very effective on third and 12. And so you need to get off the, you need to, you know, force long third down situations. You know, it's not even get off the feet. It's not even get three and outs, not, you know, three and outs and plus territory. It's not any of that type of stuff. It's third down and keep it long. And then I think Mich- Michigan's got an opportunity and yeah, and I won't. don't think they will. Um, you know, PJ Fleck just no. gushes receivers out of whatever, you know, crevice in the U S map he can find them. And, He's absolutely amazing at it. Michigan, yep. you know, obviously losing Hill, losing Thomas. I don't think they have the depth in the defensive backfield at corner to hang with Bateman and company. And I think Minnesota takes this one. 
uh, straight up, you know, screw the points. But I, I definitely think um, Minnesota's got the edge. Yeah. But as my uh, buddy who has a gambling problem, I'm kidding. It's not really a problem. He does well uh, on that cover on that cover three podcast. Uh, <laughs> It, it was a big jump. You know, Minnesota was favored at the start of this. So there was something that somebody knows that uh, may be influencing a big swing like this. And so uh, that's something. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this real quick. I'm glad you mentioned this. Sorry for cutting you off, but I, this is something I wish I would have texted you about because, you know, gambling is huge, obviously, and it's so part of this and the spread's so part of it. And we're going to talk about it more. I'm so glad you're doing this, Tyler. This is going to be a nightmare for gamblers because of the COVID testing and, and you just have to be always watching. So we're helping you ad- addictive personality gamblers. <laughs> Make sure you read stuff, look up stuff. Cause you have no idea. And then also, yeah. you know, I mean, same day bets, right? Put it in, you can get there last minute. Right. I mean, if, there, if there's a COVID test positive, uh, rush to the, the, the your, casino or wherever you want to go. Or, bet, bet I know MGM. a lot of people like to go to uh, motor city. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, what wh- what's today? Yeah. Today's Wednesday. Yeah, if something happens on Friday to yeah Milton, let's say, and Joe Milton comes down with COVID, you got a little mm-hmm. bit of an issue, <laughs> and so if you're betting on yes. Wednesday for the Saturday yes. game, you wait, are a more wait, especially <laughs> a big time country because you're not very there's an influx of uh, COVID cases going around Washington County right now, and Big Ten uh, mentioned something to. Saturday morning, right, Tyler? Yep. Can you do it and Saturday just, morning? Uh, Every Saturday morning, put yeah. your bet. So right now, this is where we stand. You know, obviously, like I said, things could potentially change with COVID, and so I'm glad you brought that up. Going to East Lansing, all right. Uh, it's Michigan State minus sixteen, and uh, so give us uh, one thing that they need to do and uh, mm. hit us with your prediction. Uh, I think Michigan State needs to get back to being physical and running the football. I mean, I think that what did Antoine Simmons said, meat and potatoes, right? We got to get back to the meat and potatoes of this program. And that's physicality. That's beating you up. That's smacking you in the mouth, uh, you know, pushing you around, hitting very hard on defense, playing fast on defense, hair on fire. The secondary is just solid as a rock. Harlan Barnett back is really intriguing uh, for me because I think that he just gets guys to play, man. Uh, I think the key is, is is run the ball, though. Run the ball, push these guys around, make it easy for Lombardi or whoever the quarterback is. And then you can get some easy pass plays, you know, second and, and short, third and short situations where a play action or, a you know, a read option stuff, and, and let's go deep, baby. I think that's going to be key. Run the ball, let Elijah Collins get loose a little bit. Um, I'm going against it. I think Michigan State's going to win big, big, big. I think they're going to win by 21 or 28. I think they're going to kill Rutgers. I think Michigan State's going to be excited. Um, I think they're going to dominate. Um, so I'm going against it there on that end. I, I think this is going to be a, a big game for state. I think they got a lot more talent than people realize. <laughs> and I think Rutgers is just dog crap. I mean, I, I just, I just don't think they're any good and I can see Michigan state winning this. Um, the weather is supposed to be somewhat normal. Uh, first game. Yeah. I, I can see Rutgers, you know, putting up 10 points in Michigan state, you know, putting up 28, 35, something like that. So, uh, I'm going to even put a score in, Tyler. I'm going to go, uh, you know, let's let's be safe here. 
you know what? I mean, it's kind of going against it. Let's just say I think they're going to win by three touchdowns. So let's say 34-13, yeah. I think Michigan State wins. I, I'm right there with you as, in far, as far as the key goes. You know, Mel Tucker has used this phrase a couple of times this past week, run the ball on our terms. Well, guess what? You have Devontae Dobbs. You have Spencer Brown, yeah. two really young, hungry, good-looking tackles. Uh, you have A.J. Curie, who's actually starting over Dobbs. And then you have, you know, a true sophomore at left guard. You have an Allen brother at center still. And then at right guard, you have Kevin Jarvis mm-hmm. finally, 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 finally returning to his natural position. Because he, he, he moved all over the place before he Not got her playing left tackle. And by the way, doing really well. He sucked the first game, but he only found out like an hour or two beforehand that he was going to be playing left tackle. But he turned it around. Yeah, he turned it around. Yeah, at the end of the year. He can play he looked his like one of the better left tackles in the league. Like that's how quickly he can adjust. That's how talented he is. Mm-hmm. And so you need to run the ball on your turns. Elijah Collins, the leading returning rusher in the Big Ten, 988 yards, would have had a thousand as a freshman, um, but it took a while to get started. Uh, you know, it took a slow start by Hayward, ultimately, to give Collins that look and uh, took Darius Jefferson to not really hit his expectations. So I'm going I'm going with Michigan State straight up. I think they win the game. I think they run the ball on their terms. I don't think they do it by 16 points. Like I said, this is going to be an ugly, mushmouth type game. Uh, neither coach knows what the other guy is going to be doing. Neither coach knows the talent that the other team really has. So I don't think it's 16. I think Michigan State's more than 16 mm-hmm. points better. I don't think they win by that 16, though. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's a good call. And I think you, one thing you could definitely bet on is I think oh, Elijah yeah. Collins for sure has 100 yards rushing. That's one thing if there was yeah. a option. Yeah, look, was look for that prop. That. Uh, but, yeah, yeah this, this is a <laughs> really interesting situation. Um, because, yeah. You know, they also said they wanted to – there's oh there's different ways we can use every running back on our roster. Why wow, you might have one you might have one of the best two or three guys in the Big Ten right now, and he's obviously uh, the best returning yeah. statistically speaking. Of course, obviously Ohio State will just fart out another one, but who cares <laughs> as far as that goes? But Elijah, yeah, we, exactly. Right? Who cares? Yeah, we don't we don't care until they play us. And, until they play Michigan State or Michigan. But in the meantime, Elijah Collins is, you know, he, he's a special player and you need to do what you can to get the ball in his hands. But that does it for us on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. You know, we both yeah. like Minnesota straight up, even though it is uh, two points to Michigan. And we and Jeremy likes – we both like Michigan State straight up, but, uh, you know, I, I, mean, I don't really like the points. Not that much with uh, as much an experience as Michigan State has. But we'll be back with a recap. Might be back with a little something else before the game. We'll see how the week pans out. But that does it for the Trouble with the Snap podcast. For Jeremy File, I am Tyler Hayward. <laughs>